What time is it? What time is it? There's no time like island time. Nobody is ahead, nobody's behind. Everything's fine on island time. And you'll be living on island time. Caribbean breezes blow through my mind. What sand meets sea, that's where you'll find me. Oh, just living on island time. I'm living on island time I may be late, but you know I'm trying To make the best of an uphill climb There's just so much I can do to make it through I'm living on island time Being laid back is my only crime Trying to find a little peace of mind Living on island Greetings, greetings. Welcome, everybody, to Island Time Radio. This is DK. We're broadcasting from the campus of Baldwin-Wallace University on the North Coast. And it's that show, that show. We do it once a year here on The Sting. It's always at this time. Late June, we have our buddy Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Johnny, welcome to Island Time. Hey, Dennis. Great to be back. Great to be back. Can't wait for this tonight. I love having you back, and this time it's after the masks and everything. We can be free. And oh, yes, it. finally, huh? <laughs> but, nice uh, feeling. Absolutely. The author of When We're Singing, a great, great book about the Partridge Family. In fact, it is the Bible of the Partridge Family world. Check it out, folks. But we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, we're going to have a special show tonight. We're not only going to do some Yacht Rock, but we got some great special guests. Brian Forrester, Chris Partridge from the Partridge family's calling in. Yeah, again. come on, get happy. And, late, and later on, very famed rock photographer, Henry Diltz. This guy, he, well, we'll get into it. Oh, he, yeah, he's he's legendary. legendary. He photographed everybody from... Everybody. Um, everybody, yeah. Don't, don't start <laughs> I listening. I want to give it away now. Don't start listening. We'll be here for half I know, hour. I know. And our buddy Jeff Pike from A1A is going to be checking in as well. It's all tonight on the Island Time Radio Show. Let's start things off with some trap rock music. This is Brent Burns. Looking out my back door, I can almost see the ocean. It's only about a thousand miles south of here. When I close my eyes, I can smell suntan lotion. Wish I could afford to go back this year. But I know a place where we can all go. Where that loud flower shirt will be apropos. So put on your flip-flops, your favorite funny hat. Escape with me to my paradise out back. Yeah, I got a beach in my backyard. Plastic palm tree and a tiki bar. Neon sun flashing, land shark beer. Here in my pseudo beach atmosphere. They have a far north latitude. A 
Got a basket full of koozies for all my friends who come. BYOB, not your troubles here. Trap rock music, sounds of a gentle steel drum. Then form a Congo line and don't forget your beer. Wahidis in grass skirts, lays in coconut bras. Sam's ukulele hanging on the wall. Bony portholes, hoist the skull and bones. No boat, no dock, no worries at my inland home Cause I've got a beach in my backyard Plastic palm trees and a tiki bar Old Bubba tunes, the sound of a blender Guess you can call me a beach bum pretender Got a far north Chase it with a pickle bag, hey, hey. Nothing but 
sipping on whiskey and picklebacks. Hey, 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 hey. Definitely would not be surprised. Give me some chopsticks, Corey. Come on. I like it. Ninety percent of our repertoire is built on this song right here. What the? What, what does that mean exactly? We keep it simple. Keep it simple. The Kiss Principle, Keep It That's Simple a very Stupid. That's complex song, that song. I know, but you seem to manage for 50 years.
be a wild playlist on island time tonight that is a, a little bit of trap rock right i mean uh, yacht rock <laughs> along with the trap rock that is pablo cruz johnny ray miller's in the house before that uh, we had lee guest with pickleback that is from her new album and i love johnny i love this title whiskey drunk and feisty oh wasn't that a bartridge family song <laughs> no, no. <laughs> i think it was on up to date yes. <laughs> yeah right right and uh Brent Burns started the whole thing off tonight with I've Got a Beach in My Backyard, DK Dennis King on Duty. It is that show, the our, one of my favorite shows of the year. Yeah, we've been doing this. We were just talking. What? Five, five years five now? Five years maybe, now. Maybe six. Yeah, so cool. And we have Johnny Ray Miller, who, who has written the authoritative book on the Partridge family. Not just the show, but the music, the bus. There's a whole chapter on the bus. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, I was wowing my cousin from Cincinnati. I was we were having dinner recently, and I said, "Do you, do you know that you grew up in the town where the bus was manufactured, <laughs> trying to create some uh, interest in the youth, right? Yeah. Yes, the right. new generation. Right. Well, no, this guy's actually my age, but, uh, uh, but <laughs> oh no, it was just a funny thing. So anyway, DK on duty and Johnny with us. We're gonna uh, take a very quick break. We've got a very special co-host. Linda Rob said she needed the night off tonight, so Linda uh, get some rest and. Uh, we're going to be talking to Jeff Pike, our special remote co-host tonight. And you know what? Before I go to break, I mean, actually, let me get some, some information together because there's something we want to mention. And I'll do that after this break. And then we will talk to Jeff Pike and Brian Forrester from the Partridge family. All right. Can't wait for that. Chris Partridge. He was very nice, very kind and was uh, a guest on our show last year, and he's going to do it again tonight. So yeah, great guy. We will talk to Brian and Jeff right after this quick break. 81 degrees. I love it, Johnny. It is. It's a hot summer night here, here hot in Ohio. Summer. Yeah. And you said you live by a lake and you go swimming sometimes on nights like this? <laughs> yeah. Man, that sounds awesome. Tonight's a perfect night for that, too. I know. They're rare, too, when they come. This is one of those. Sorry, I'm screwing this up for you. But yeah, anyway. Really. Hey, we're here doing Partridge <laughs> Family stuff. It doesn't, doesn't get any better than that. That's right. All right, Johnny. Thank you, as always, for being here. We're going to go to the uh, telephone, and I think we have Jeff Pike first off. Uh, Jeff from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here. 
Hey. How you doing, my buddy? Ruben. Jeff. How you doing? Hey, hey. All three of us be back together on the bus. How you guys doing? I love it. Yeah, we're doing good. What's going on down there? Uh, it's a beautiful day today. It's not too, it's not too terribly hot. The bus is the bus is working. It's running. <laughs> I love. It. And you're playing? Are you playing my on top of the bus? Greasy. That's so what I'm the Partridge family taught us. You know, get on top of the I'm bus. Play- I always wanted to do that, but I'd probably <laughs> fall off. I'm so clutchy when I was a 12. <laughs> things are well down here. It's good, man. The weather's been great. Gigs have been good. I've been looking forward to this. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Johnny. Things oh, are great. Man. How are y'all doing? We're doing good. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, Jeff Pike is the uh, the man behind the A1A band, and he does his solo projects as well. And he's even uh, Benny in an ABBA Mania show. But aside from all that, he's a huge David uh, Parks Family fan. Yes. He's, he's, David Cassidy is the reason I do what I do today. See that? That's so cool, I, I man. Often wonder if I, I often wonder if I hadn't have gone to that concert back in 1971 if my life had been different. Who knows? I, I, I'll bet it might I have I had been. an epiphany that night that kind of like just uh, turned my life around. It's really cool. Fantastic. Well, we're glad you're back, Jeff, and we're going to talk to uh, somebody from the Partridge family, Brian Forrester, Chris from the show. Brian? Yes, sir. Welcome back hey. to Island Time, my friend. Hey, Brian. Oh, my God, this is such a reunion. I remember Jeff Pike from last time. <laughs> it's beca- it's becoming a family Brian thing. Forrester. Hey, man. <laughs> How you doing? We call ourselves the new you Partridge know, family. I have a funny story. I was in London, and I went to see a tribute band for ABBA called Bjorn Again. Do you know those guys? We're, fami- we're familiar with those guys, yes. you got to love the name. So my buddy went out there in, uh, during the show, and he wanted to get a beer or something. And he tells the bartender, he goes, man, you're lucky. You get to see this band all the time. He goes, yeah, well, to you, it's Bjorn again. But to us, it's Bjorn again and again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every night. Those guys are good. I, I play in the one, uh, Abomania for London. And uh, they have a London, a European cast, and an American cast. And I'm Benny in the American cast. And we tour about a couple, two and two and a half months out of the year. But I'd much rather be in London than uh, than America. But oh, I had man. a great time. It, they were they were good. It was, uh, it was oh, they're very good. I like they're it. very good. Yeah, they're very good. Now, Brian, they we... might could use it. They might could use a drummer. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, right. Dr- <laughs> Brian, uh, Brian, okay. brush up. Time to brush up, Brian. That would I'll be send my resume in. <laughs> hey, call Chuck Flores. He'll. Uh... He'll help you out. That would be quite a career twist for you, huh? I tell you what. Yeah, well, Chuck has gone down the jazz route, so I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so we mentioned a minute ago, Brian, that uh, the Parts family had that episode where they sang on top of the bus. Now, maybe you don't know the answer to this, but did they get that idea from the Beatles? Is is that where that came from? <laughs> Rooftop concert? Uh no, but I'll go with that. At least it wasn't <laughs> on top of a building in in London. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> it was such a creative idea in that one episode. It's like, oh, they're on top of the bus. That is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. That's in my top three. Yeah, well, it wasn't one of my favorites because it was a really hot, smoggy day in L.A. Really? And the top of the bus, you know, it was kind of rounded on the corners. So right. the amount of flat area on top was not a lot. Right. And here I am sitting on the drum riser with my butt hanging over the side, <laughs> you know, spending most of the time going, I hope I don't fall off. <laughs> wow. 
wow. <laughs> that is true. I, now that you mention it, yeah, that, there wasn't a whole lot of stage area. And what, and what kind of mood was Danny in that day? Oh, yeah, okay, here we go. Somebody <laughs> had to bring that up. <laughs> I know I'm prompting stories yeah. I already know. Yeah. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, Danny had too much espresso that day or something. And he was he wanted to pick a fight, and you know I was a good candidate. So yeah, luckily nothing nothing came of it. It wasn't right there on top of the bus, was it? Yes. Oh, really? Could have been. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh my God. It would have been mm. partridges sliding right off of there, left and right. <laughs> it would have not been pretty. It would have not been pretty. But that would have yeah. been a great B-roll to find, just to have. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, you can make a million on that on eBay, right? Yeah. Did anybody ever get hurt on set, intentionally or non-intentionally? Oh, listen to you, bringing up some trivia questions. I love it. Um, well, the big thing was uh, Danny and I both got bitten by the hamsters. In oh, the wow. hamster oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, first it was Danny, so we had to go off to the first aid and make sure there wasn't tetanus involved, and then I got to go, because I think it was, we got going again, and later I got bitten, so yeah, it was, uh, oh. yeah, it was a big deal, there you go. Ouch. And there was a ton of hamsters, hamsters on that show, that particular episode. I, I know. Tons of them. Who knew? They looked so cute. <laughs> really? I don't know, never trust anything with little red beady eyes. True. So, so Brian. Like Danny. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brian, we brought this up last year. There's some very interesting things about your family. Uh, you are the step-grandson of Alan Nap Napier, who was uh, on Batman. What was the character? The Alfred, butler. Al yeah. Yep. Alfred. Alfred. Alfred, Alfred yes. the butler. Alfred the butler. That is extremely cool. It is very cool. To me. That's <laughs> very cool. And you're the great, great... You know, it's so funny, because he had such a great career. He was a, a trained Shakespearean actor, and he was roommates with... I can't remember if it was John Houseman or John Gielgud, one of the two. And, I mean, you know, he John made Gielgud quite a career. But it wasn't right. until that show that he basically, uh, that, that made him. Wow. Wow. You're also the great-great-great-grandson uh, of Charles Dickens, which is fascinating. Yes, it is. So I can say, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> so I claim I claim a connection in this little category, too, beyond Partridge, because, you know, I used to work in the theater, and I, I adapted a production of A Christmas Carol that ran 10 years at the theater I did. So I, I get to connect with you on that level, too. <laughs> wow. I know. I hope it wasn't one of those really avant-garde productions <laughs> where you just go, what, what is this? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm pretty apple pie. Have you seen my book? <laughs> all right but still i know i know you've had a racy past so <laughs> yeah never... well i try to keep that dark and quiet so <laughs> we'll just share it with all these listeners <laughs> those crazy racy nights at Muldoon's point there johnny <laughs> <laughs> don't i wish <laughs> Now, was, uh, where, where, tell us about Muldoon's Point while, while you're on the topic. Uh, was it just a set? Did you guys go on a location for that one or what? Brian, you uh, never... I assume you're talking to, talking to me, I assume. Yes, yes Brian, yes, you never got to go to Muldoon's Point. No, he was too young. No, what? unfortunately. No, it was one episode, so, I believe. Didn't, didn't you help show that you movie know, or something? It was based on the, the classic Overlooking the Valley and Mulholland Drive, you know, in L.A., and... Um, 
I did, you know, that's where my racing career started. So I guess you could say I've been to Muldoon's Point just a different way. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I love that. <laughs> okay. You weren't even in that one where they took the movie, the movie to show at the uh, during the night. You know what I'm talking about? They, they brought the movie screen. Uh, yeah, out. No, yeah, no. You know, oh, yeah. were in bed by that time. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, as you just mentioned, you became a professional race car driver and a racing instructor, and you did that for uh, many years, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, uh started racing again. I'm having a ball. Um, Are you really? Yeah. 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 yeah I... My big COVID 2020 project was to tear my race car down to a bare frame and build it back up again, because the car was built in 1977, and, wow. uh, man, that was close to the purchase family time. Anyway, and... Um, so I'm having a ball. But I've also raced at Mid-Ohio. How far is that from you guys? Uh, about a couple hours away. You know what? I think that's really close to where I live. Is that the racetrack in Salem, Ohio? No, it's near Mansfield. Okay. I'm about an hour and a half from there. Yeah, that's not too far away at all, actually. No, uh-uh. yeah. are, you, are you racing yeah. there again soon? Uh, not that I know of. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Hey, if you have a million dollars laying around and you want to sponsor me, then uh, let's do it. <laughs> no problem. All right. What kind of cars did you race, Brian? I raced mostly Formula cars, Formula Fords. That's what I thought. I which thought were the Formula. training ground for IndyCar drivers and Formula One car uh, drivers back oh, in the day. Very familiar with that. When I was when I was a young boy, I'm just I mean that's pretty much your age. So when you're older i love formula one cars when i was growing up and we used to go to road atlanta all the time did you ever happen to ride road atlanta did you ever race that yeah i raced there a couple times yeah that's cool yeah i raced there in the late 80s remember national runoffs nice did you like the track i love the track it's uh but man i'm you know, I'm a California boy. I'm not used to that kind of humidity. Oh, my God. I know. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's horrible out here. We're getting that today, in fact. Yeah, it's super humid here today. Just really hot. All right, Brian, if you can well, hang. it's still cooler than Portland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. Go. yeah. There you go. There true. you go. If you can hang with us, Brian, we're going to play a couple Partridge classics. What do you think? Oh man, let's do it! <laughs> I believe, I believe we were talking about this last time. Brian says he he rarely listens to Partridge uh, albums, but uh, when when he when we ask you what your favorites were, I think he did say Echo Valley. You liked that Summer Days. He likes. Uh, I know that Summer Days. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, okay, we're good we're, call. So we're, we're going to do those two. All right, Brian, we'll we'll continue this in just a couple of minutes. Thank you so much, Brian Forster and yep. Jeff Pike. Yeah. 
The Partridge Family from Sound Magazine and the song called Summer Days. Before that, we had a song written by Rupert Holmes called Echo Valley 26809, one of my favorite songs. It is International Parrothead Day. Did you know that, Johnny? I did not know that. And what does that mean exactly? What it means is Timothy B. Schmidt was part of the uh, Coral Reefer Band in 1985, and they were just about to do a show on this date in Cincinnati. And he looked out in the crowd, and he goes, Wow, this, these fans are like deadheads, except they're parrotheads. And <laughs> I guess somebody here and there had said the phrase before, Timothy, but when he said it, it just took off. And ever since then, we've had this phenomenon known as parrotheads, which is... What our show basically is uh, all about. So anyway, <laughs> oh, man, today's the great. day. Today's the day. It's funny how something just latches on at the right time, at the yeah. right moment. 1985. Wow. We have, from the Partridge family, Brian Forster with us. Brian, this is such a treat having you on. Welcome back. Well, thank you. That was funny. During the break, I was actually singing along with, with Summer Days, and I found out that my AirPods make they sh- they don't short out but when i'm singing i can't hear the audio oh my god so that didn't work Uh-oh. <laughs> hey at least you're singing along it's a slow conversion to get you uh in love with the partridge family music <laughs> we're working on it <laughs> exactly <laughs> well i thought i was on an episode of carpool karaoke <laughs> <laughs> that's now, a good idea now brian you you mentioned that you uh, raced in mid-ohio and that got me to thinking back to the partridge family days you were at the King's Island episode, right, in 1972? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is that a, is that a great memory for you? Or? Oh, man, that was one of the best memories. That yeah. was, uh, you know, I read something recently about, I think Bob Claver, the producer, was, you know, he was talking, it was probably in Johnny's book, now I think about it, <laughs> yeah. and uh, about how great it was for them to get out of Hollywood and actually have a road trip. Yeah. And uh, for a kid, I mean, we got to ride the roller coasters as many times as we wanted it wow. was it was awesome did they just close the park for you guys for a while or what happened there pretty much yeah wow and was they yeah, we had our own little security guys with us and i don't think they were so happy about riding the roller coaster <laughs> over and over again but hey <laughs> was david as freaked out of the coasters as, as he made it out on the show um, a little bit. I don't know if he was that freaked out, but uh, yeah. it took him a while to loosen up. But once he did, he was into it. <laughs> Love it. See, uh, that was like the first year that park was open. and you know, Yeah, that, like... that park's a big deal here in Ohio. Yeah. It started here, and uh, I actually, my family went down there every year for yeah. probably 10 years. And I was so mad because I didn't know about the episode till afterwards. Yeah, was, me too. Was like, oh. Story of my life. <laughs> Always walking around going, what just happened? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Brian, I'm curious uh, with your fascination uh, and your experience in race cars. Um, what were you, uh, how did the Partridge family bus grab you through those early years? How did it, you know, um, affect your thinking about vehicles <laughs> that could or couldn't run? <laughs> Well, you know, you, you know, Johnny, because I think I've talked to you about it, but, uh, you know, that old bus was parked over in a corner and it, you know, it got started once a year. What, you know, like, oh, hey, we got that up, so we better make sure it runs. <laughs> and just trying to make the thing run could be, a, you know, take all day. And then um, one of the episodes so that the belly boxes you see on that thing would be filled with batteries, and those batteries were used to power the lights. And we're driving around outside of, um, oh, what's the name of that? There's a mortuary there, a forest lawn or something. Oh, yeah. That was 
kind of the road we used, and I'm in the back, and these super hot lights are behind me, and I'm just cruising along, and like, what is that smell? It smells like burning rubber. And I look down, and it's my shoe, because my <laughs> shoe is up against one of those hot lights. <laughs> and uh, so my memories of that bus are not the best. Wow. <laughs> I love that story. That's crazy. Jeff Pike, you got something? What was your favorite episode, Brian? If you had to choose one, well, you remember. Any episode where I got to have more than two lines, or even <laughs> one line, was a good show. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Where I actually got to earn my pay. I mean, the nice part is I got paid the same whether I was in it or not. But still, yeah. you know, the work ethic in me. I want to get paid. You know, I want to work for this. <laughs> really, and, um, really. That's a good so, point. So, you know, the show where we run away is obviously one of my favorites, and the one where Danny and I are trying to steal key stuff, that yes, was a good one. Which is that. the one, you're talking about the musical member on top of the bus. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was that one. That is a good one. Yeah, that was the one. Yep. You said you so, met a lot of drummers in your life who turned you on to being a musician. Because I'm the same age. I mean, David was the reason I've been a musician all my life, to seeing him in concert in 71, and you guys were it. Because I was like 10 years old, too. How many famous drummers have you met? Uh, that have uh, said that you were kind of like their influence to get started? Well, it's funny. I've met a lot that have said I was their influence, which cracks me up considering I'm I'm an actor, not a musician. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> but I think my favorite said that I'm really into blues, and there's a band well, they called Little Charlie and the Nightcats. You ever heard of them? Uh-huh. I, I they do a jump blues kind of thing, and oh, their okay. drummer is just amazing. He's a tightest drummer so in a break i went up to him and i said hey i love your drumming and he goes, oh thanks and i said you know i i kind of was a drummer myself and he goes oh really what band were you in i'm like oh now i'm busted <laughs> and uh i said well i was in the partridge family and without a, missing a beat he goes oh you know chuck flores then he goes chuck flores was my teacher and i heard about you years ago wow that's so wow. cool Get that's out. so cool What's a, what a small world. It's amazing. I the, know. Really amazing the power of television and how it can influence people. Uh, you know, you being an influence on musicians, even though you weren't a musician, says a lot about the power of television. Yeah. And good television, not yeah. just any television. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. Well, yeah, I was going to say television can have the opposite effect. It's like, yeah, it has, it has influence, but that isn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Last year... Last year, Brian, you mentioned that you were uh, considering moving to London, I think it was, for, for car racing. Is to England, yeah. Are you still thinking about that? Yeah. Or what? Oh, yeah. My other big project in 2020 was getting my passport because my family's all from England, so I, I've got dual citizenship now. Wow. And I'm just waiting for you know the COVID restrictions to ease up so I can start doing some research. Wow. Uh, well, just make sure you're vacationing in June so you can do this call every year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in California. Well, well why, what do you mean? I can be in the middle of, you know, England and do this. Okay. I thought it might be 3 in the morning. There, it is. So. You're just going to have to stay up late. <laughs> okay. There's some fans out there always worried that they won't get to hear this show because, you know, they have to get up in the morning and they can't stay up. But this is this goes to podcast, right? Yes, yeah. this will yeah. be a podcast, yes. In a couple mm-hmm. days. So there you go. There you go. For those who can't hear it live, they can hear it later. That's right. <laughs> That's great. Have you had any uh, other, like, uh, I know we've just gone through the year of COVID, year and a half, whatever, but have you had any uh, 
Partridge uh, moments? Like, in other words, have anybody called you for nostalgic shows? Is that still happening? Will you sign the pictures and that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, that's that's kind of dying away. Yeah, uh, maybe that's the wrong word to use. But uh, yeah. no, there's not been a lot going on. Um, I did sign off a uh, a reuse agreement for some clip that's being used for. Uh, can't remember who it is, but they're doing a you know history of sitcoms or something. Want to use a clip? So. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's nice. So I finally actually get a paycheck. So yeah, that's great. That's great. Awesome. You know, it's funny because I'm sitting in my office, and everybody thinks that oh my god, you get paid so much money to you know residuals and all that. I have yeah. a check on my wall for three cents. <laughs> oh, you got to tell us this story. Yeah. Well, I thought I did tell you about it, but no, I get these. I get these. You know, literally. I mean. If, it's way more entertaining to have it on my wall than to actually cash yeah, it. Right. Do they so, do they pay you different amounts based on what they use it for? The clips. Um. Yeah. It's so a lot of it depends on which contract. So my parents did uh, movies, and I, you know, I get something from my dad's work. Um, but for what I did, it's uh, you know, it's just it's. Well, it's not very good most of the time. Man, if they'd only made a Chris Partridge album. Yeah. It's the only one that's yeah, missing. You're well, about the only one who didn't make an album. <laughs> Tracy and Chris. Yeah, well, think. you know what? Now that you mention it, that's true. But, you know, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> that's true. It's not so, over yet. There's still a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking a Chris, a Chris and Tra- uh, Tracy album might have been an idea. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm a little behind with that thought. We actually have a copy, uh, Brian, of the Danny Bonaducci album here at the radio station. An original copy. From 1970. Well, so do I. Yeah. That's, do you have uh, that one? Those are rare. Those are oh, probably, yeah. well, they're worth wow. more than three cents. Yeah, well, those yeah. are valuable. <laughs> Real hard to find. You know, one of the songs on there, I'll Be Your Magician, that Danny recorded, was actually recorded by David and not used. Uh, and it's a great song by L. Russell Brown and Erwin Levine, who um, uh, wrote I Woke Up and Love This Morning and several of the uh, great Partridge Family songs. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you get a good writer behind it. That's a big part of it. It is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And I, I, this is just a funny question, but ha, are you aware? Have you seen D- that Danny goes on Twitter uh, every so often? Goes into these random. Oh, record, his Twitter things are so funny. Record stores. Oh my God, those are hilarious. So funny. Yeah, I think maybe you ought to start just showing up at record store and just sign your name on there. <laughs> yeah, your pictures on there. You know. <laughs> right, Brian. You but, should do that. Wait, get, what? What is a record store? I've heard about those. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. There's these things called records, and they used to put them on this round, spinny thing. Uh, yeah, we used to call it playing records. Now they call it spinning vinyl. But it's right? making a comeback. Yeah. It is, it is making a comeback. <laughs> Big time. All right. Well, thank you, Brian Forster. As uh, last year you did this for us, and thank you again so much for uh, taking a few minutes with us. We really appreciate it on our Partridge Family uh, okay. special. And... Uh, I understand you're going to talk to Henry Diltz. Yes, we are. Yes. Did you? Did I'd you love know? to be on when he's on, but that's up to you. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's not a problem. This would be fantastic. Call, uh, well, I'll call you back because I had to call you. So I'll call you back uh, just before we put him on. Great. Okay. All that's right. Great. We can ask some questions. Did you guys know each other at all back then? Yeah, of course we did. You did. Okay. Yeah, Henry took. Uh, he was the uh, official photographer for Tiger Beat, always on the set. Awesome. All right, Brian, we'll talk to you again in a few minutes. 
All right, sounds good. Thank you so much, Brian All Forster, right. from Chris, from from Chris Partridge, from the Partridge family. It's the new show, the, the Chris Partridge the show. The new Chris Partridge. And we have Jeff Pike on the line. We had a request for Susan Cox, I think her name is. Okay, yeah. Susan Cox, yeah. And she wanted to hear "Could It Be Forever." And uh, I always wanted to play. I'm, I made sure I'm playing the live one because it has that moment in it. Oh so we'll, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that. You oh, know, yeah. you know the moment, Dave, yeah. uh, uh, Jeff. But right, <laughs> that's uh, it. We stumped him. We stumped him. <laughs> he knew it. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the women are going to go crazy when they hear this. I tell you, this is "Could It Be Forever" live, David Cassidy. Could it be forever? Is my mind just rambling on? Well, I touched you once, I kissed you once, and now I feel like you're mine. Will I feel like you're mine and seeing your face is not wrong? How these feelings feel like you're mine, I've never known the time before. That's had so many meanings. Could it be forever? Or am I just wasting my time? I don't think so, cause you let me know You make me feel like you're mine Will I feel like you're mine And I can't remember when the feelings have been stronger And all I know is I can't let go I wanna be with you, I wanna be with you Just a little while
shot of tequila or three. I'll be feeling right as the day turns to night. I'll be through toasting you when this evening is through. I'll be drifting on island time. Ship heavens, somebody throw me a line. I was minding my own mind, just chilling on the esplanade. As the steel drums began to play I wasn't looking for romance But isn't that what they all say Life is way too short Love can always be a sport So what the hell Let that drummer play I'll have some rum by the sea Shot up tequila or three I'll be feeling right as the day turns to night. I'll be through toasting you when the evening is through. I'll be drifting on island time. Shit happens. Somebody throw me a Featuring Jeff Pike on lead vocal and the album Ship Happens, a classic trap rocker uh, from 2000, I want to say 2003 or 4, going back a few years. That was Jeff Pike, Scott Nickerson, and Coney Farrell at the time when that album came out. And Jeff, of course, our co host tonight remotely. And we had David Cassidy in there with Could It Be Forever, featuring the infamous Butt. <laughs> and. Uh, Summer days before that, and Echo Valley two six eight zero nine. Jeff and or Johnny Ray Miller is with us in the house. Johnny, how you doing over there? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. 
meeting my buddies out on the lake. We're headed out to a special place we love. That just a few folks know. There's no signing up, no monthly dues. Take your Johnson, your Mercury, or your Evan Rudy. Fired up. Beat us out at Party Cove. Come on in, the water's fine. Just idle on over and toss us a line. Fast trackers, bayliners, and a party barge. Strung together like a floating trailer park. Anchored out and getting loud all summer long. Side to side, there's five house boat front porches. Astroturf lawn chairs and tiki torches. Regular Joe's. In the boat that's us, the Redneck Yacht Club. Bermuda's flip flops and a tank top tan. He popped his first top at 10 a.m. That's Bob. He's our president. We're chicken at the girls on the upper deck, rubbing in the 15 SPF. It's hot. Everybody's jumping in Later on when the sun goes down We'll pull out the jar and that old guitar And pass them around Bass trackers, bayliners, and a party barge Strung together like a floating trailer park Anchored out and getting loud all summer In the boat that's us, the Redneck Yacht Club. When the party's over and we're all alone, we'll be making waves in a no-wake zone. Fast trackers, bayliners, and a party barge strung together. The coast of Jamaica I secretly steal the shore The natives were waiting for The boy with the laser soul To sing with the sailor Sailor, homeward sailor Homeward sail away Homeward sailor Homeward sailor 
thinking about the nights in Jamaica. Pretty girls dancing here and there. Stole a cake, and now I'm drunk as a sailor. Can't be here, no.
Christopher Cross live. Never be the same. That qualifies as Yacht Rock. What do you think, Johnny? I agree. I love that song. I love that song. Yeah, me too. That whole album was great. 1980. And uh, before Christopher Cross, we had Bob Carwin, a trap rocker out of San Diego, California, from his latest album, Alan the... I can't remember the name of the album. Anyway, the song was the Logans of Messina, Bahiva La. That was a great cover. Produced by Donnie Brewer. Just came out about a year ago. And we had Ship Happens from Jeff Pike and A1A a little while ago. And Craig Morton, Redneck Yacht Club, which I used to play in the show back in the early days uh, quite a bit. And it was written by Tom Shepard, who we've since, of course, grown to know and love here in the trap rock world. DK, Dennis King on duty. It is our Partridge family. Yacht Rock, David Cassidy, 70s trap rock special. Yeah. Johnny Ray Miller in the house, the author of the definitive Partridge family book called when we're singing. Johnny, welcome back. Oh, thanks, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Very exciting. We got Henry Deltz on the telephone, the famous rock photographer, and uh, we're going to talk to Henry. Brian Forster's back on the line. Jeff Pike's on the line, and we'll do all that for you right after this break, folks, on our special show tonight on Island Time. We got Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Johnny, how we doing? Hey, pretty good. What a great night, huh? That's right. Let's go back to the telephones. Uh, Jeff Pike, do we have you from Atlanta, Georgia? I am here. We're rocking. Welcome back, Jeff. Brian Forster from uh, the Partridge family. Are you there? Rock and roll. All right, Brian. And we're going to bring on our very special guest here in the second hour, Henry Deltz. Hello. Henry. Henry. Welcome to the show. Uh, Hey, hey, John. Hey, Dennis. Oh, great to hear your voice, Henry. (laughs) Yay. Where do we begin? Henry, uh, you, you you did a lot of photographs of David Cassidy, but man, your career was uh, way way beyond that. Uh, can you just name some of the iconic photos? Uh, well, I mean, album covers for like Crosby, Stills, Nash, Jackson Brown, The Eagles, The Doors, yeah, Steppenwolf, The Turtles. Amazing. You know, um, um, God, I can't, I can't even. Yeah, <laughs> Joni Mitchell. James Taylor, yeah. Yeah, oh, endless. We're if not you, worthy, we're not worthy. I know. No, if, we're not. <laughs> anyone who bought an album in the early 70s basically owns a Henry Diltz photograph. Right. <laughs> yeah, we did, I did a bunch of them, I, mostly with my partner, Gary Burden, who was a graphic artist. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was a musician, so I knew all these other musicians, and they were, you know, comfortable having their photo taken with me so you know so it was pretty it was it was good those were good days those were good days yeah yeah good. and then david cassidy i mean i you know i, I worked I, I photographed the monkeys for tiger beat magazine for us for a year yeah. and then a couple of years later the same magazine called and said would you go down to the the tv you know studio and spend the day filming you know the partridge family I want a lot of pictures of this guy, David Cassidy. And so I went down. That's the first time I met him, right on the set. Wow. And, you know, we became friends right away. And pretty soon I was going down there just about every day. And um, and and then, you know, soon after that, he started doing tours. You know, on the weekends, he would go out and do concerts. Right. And he would ask me if I wanted to come along. And the magazine usually wanted me to go along anyway. And pretty soon we were traveling around the world. Hmm. So that was great. I saw the world a couple of times wow. with David Cassidy. And the, may- yeah. the mayhem of those days, too, with those crowds. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like the Beatles, you yeah. know. I mean, crowds of young 
of young girls outside of the hotel all day long, you know, singing, you know, we love you, David, we always do. And, I, and, and he could only go out at night when all those little girls would go home, you know, for dinner and stuff. And then he could go out, we could, we'd go out to some great big restaurant and have dinner and go to a club, a local club. And this was all over the world. I mean, Australia, New Zealand, Tokyo, London, Sweden, just everywhere. God, it was really great fun. Fabulous. Fabulous. Jeff Pike, go ahead. Yeah, hey, Henry, my name is Jeff Pike, and it is an extraordinarily honor to be talking to you on the phone. I have a position all my life. Yes, pleasure. Um, And I know these these clowns here uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) do this very well, and uh, it's a total treat to be here. And so I'm I'm roughly the same guy's age when in 71, I was 10 years old, and David Cassidy and the music mm. of the Partridge family and his music. And the music of the Monkees was my total world because uh, I was a second-generation yeah, sure. Monkees guy because I was too young to catch them yeah. the first time around. So yeah. I got hooked on both of those guys early, and I saw David Cassidy perform in Atlanta in 71, and it totally changed my life and made me the reason that I'm a musician for the rest of my life. So, and I've always yeah. known your photographs through the years. I've seen your name, but I've always known you as the guy that did the monkeys, and then David Cassidy. And I'm, I'm just—I wasn't even going to tell you this, but I've been spending like a long time now, today and yesterday, going through your website, and I'm just my mouth is dropping open. I didn't—I'm going through all uh-huh. these iconic photos I've seen like a thousand yeah. times, and I'm calling my yeah. friends, going like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Have you seen this?" And I said, "Oh my! He took yeah. this." He was here? What in the world? Who is this guy? So, so I'm you mean, just like, you mean that, I'm floored by just what I do, yeah, the little I've seen. Yeah. So, so you look at the gallery website. But I don't have my own website, but, I, but I'm with MorrisonHotelGallery.com. That's, yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm looking at. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, Morrison Hotel. And you've yeah. got some, I could talk to you for about... 800 hours on one photo, but I won't. <laughs> but I just want to say it's an honor to meet you, and yeah. your, your photos are legendary. And I did, did have a question. I got Actually, I got about 100, but I'm not going to take up all your okay. time. I know you did the Partridge uh-huh. family, and you did the monkeys a lot. And my yeah. question is kind of like, David was with David, and the monkeys were both teen idols. And the shows were different, but they kind of like played to the same kind of audience. Um, mm-hmm. what, what was it like? What did you find most creatively interesting to photograph of the two, the monkeys or, the, or David Cash, and how was it different on each show? What were well, the differences? you know, I mean, the monkeys, were, the monkeys were four guys, you know, yeah. and they were all good friends of mine. So, you know, there was, you know, there was always something going on. When you photograph on a TV show, there's a lot of downtime, you know, because they might spend a half an hour filming a scene, and then there'll be a half an hour where they're setting up the next scene and make, putting up the lights and get everything, getting everything ready. And so the people, so the monkeys or the Partridge family would be free in that next half an hour. And so with the monkeys, it would be four guys. You know, you could hang out with any one of the four of them. You have four different dressing rooms, you know, or you could go outside and somebody would be doing something, you know, with a bicycle. And I mean, there just was a lot of people around. The Partridge family was a little different because, I mean, David was really the guy my, you know, my a little younger than me, but roughly my age. I mean, I I, I didn't I didn't hang out with with Shirley Jones or or, or, or 
Susan Day that much. It was mostly David. So that was more one-on-one, you know, and David and I got to be really good friends because, because he was, you know, he was a musician and I was a musician. So musicians belong to a club, usually. If you're a musician, you're automatically friends. And so we had a lot to talk about. We'd go sit in this trailer and talk about stuff. Um, but that was a difference, you know. David was one guy. The monkeys were four guys. But, um, but the same thing. I mean, the magazines wanted those posters, you know, and they wanted those yeah. magazine covers. So mm-hmm. you'd just sit there, you know, mostly while they were filming, and you'd just get a telephoto lens and try to get a great headshot. You'd wait till somebody was laughing or smiling, mm-hmm. and then you'd bang, you'd take that picture. Yeah. And once again, with the monkeys, there were four guys to look at, you know. <laughs> Maybe that made it a little bit harder. I mean, you had to pick who you were going to look at, but... Uh, but yeah, both both fun and uh, yeah, God, I loved I loved doing it. <laughs> Who was your favorite guy of the monkeys to hang with? Well, I, you know, I was closest friends with Mickey because Mickey lived uh, up in Laurel Canyon, right near me, same street, Lookout Mountain Avenue. I mean, Davy was funny and and full of pep, you know, and piss and vinegar. I mean, <laughs> he was laughing all the time. It's so much fun, you know. Um, but but Mickey was sort of my, a better friend because, uh, I don't know, we, we had the, I don't know, we, we just saw eye to eye about stuff, and uh, we hung out a lot off the set as well. I became a good friend of his. Like we went to Mexico City together to see the Grand Prix. He wanted to film the Grand Prix, and I went along to photograph him filming. And so we made trips together and did things. But uh, I mean, I liked all of them. Mike, Mike is a great friend to this day, you know. And and, well, and Peter was a good friend too. Peter and I both played the banjo, so we had something oh, yeah. in common there. That's right. Yeah, Peter was a great banjo player. I saw him two or three times yeah. solo in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Met him a couple of times. He was a phenomenal musician. Yeah. I don't think he got enough credit for being the greatest great musician that he actually was. So we have uh, Brian Forster with us. Brian wanted to uh, talk to Henry. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, my God. I hey, don't know. Brian. I'm kind of the same thing. I'm kind of in awe. But, you know, it's funny because <laughs> talking about him being around the show. I mean, I for a long time, I thought he was David's brother. I'm like, well, <laughs> who is this guy? He's not Sean. He's not Ryan. Well, you know what? He's yeah. like his brother. I will tell you this, Henry. Yeah. Henry, if there's one person who could have given David a run for his money for the best hair, it was you. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> you had some well, yeah, pretty darn good hair. I was a hippie. I had long hair, a ponytail. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> well, so Brian, you do you you do remember me, right? I remember you. I mean, I would see you on the set every week. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember you, and it's funny because I started a. a uh, I really got into photography, and Dave Madden, as you know, I mean, Dave Madden was yeah. into it, and you were there, and I learned a lot mm-hmm. about photography from you guys. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, I mean. You, you guys and, and the other kids, you know, in the group were, were going to school. So between, between filming things, you guys would have to spend some time in your classroom, I think, as well, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you so we, to, yeah, that's you the thing. To, we didn't get yeah. to go party with you guys, you know. <laughs> that's right. So when there'd be like an hour break, you guys would have to study. But David and I were scot-free. You know, we could, we could run around and do whatever we wanted. I especially like exactly. it when they filmed on the western, the western street, 
when it, every once in a while there'd be an episode on the old Western Street, you know, on on the in the movie lot, and that was really fun because yep. everything was outdoors then, and uh, it, that was and, really fun. And that was our playground a large part of the time when we weren't filming. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All those little, uh, you know, storefronts with no store behind it, but just the front. Wow. But there were lots of little alleys and little places to go and explore. And, <laughs> yeah, it was just, just great fun doing that. <laughs> yep. And Henry, do you remember a, a difference between shooting photos out on the back lot versus shooting them inside on the set what was what was the difference well, oh yeah sure sure because when you're outside when it's an episode outside you know it, it's 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 lit all the time you can shoot you know you can shoot while people are just sitting around watching when you're when you're inside in in the you know in the in the inside set it's dark in there except when that with the parts they light so everything is dark and then they light the scene and so you can shoot when people are in that lit scene, but in between you can't really shoot because there's not enough light. But when you're outside, of course, you've got God's light the whole time, you know. And so you can, you can, because I like to shoot candid photos. I don't set things up. I like to just watch people and take photos when they don't know it. Mm. So I needed that, that light in the daytime outside. You, could, you know, there was no limit. You could shoot everything. Whereas, uh, like I said, indoors, you didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. And the other thing I remember is when you were on the set that you had to use that soundproofing camera that was like a regular camera well, enclosed in like the Goodyear blimp yeah. or something, so you couldn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, a, a, little, a little bit. I, you know, I didn't like that thing. It was too big and bulky. So I wouldn't shoot when they were actually filming, but as you remember... Every scene, there would be like a, a kind of a rehearsal. And so while they were rehearsing and the, and the movie camera wasn't filming, then I could click away and take pictures during the rehearsal. And then, of course, then there'd be a break, and you guys would be sitting on the couch, you know, while they switched something around. And then I could photograph. I didn't like to photograph when the movie camera was, was filming because I just, you know, I didn't want to get in the way. Now, wasn't there? Well, I don't know. That motor drive got pretty, you know, pretty distracting at times. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not really. Oh, I'm just man. making that up. <laughs> wasn't there a point, uh, uh, Henry, where David liked your photography so much he said, this is my guy, like I, I have to have him all, as, as my photographer? Isn't that right? Well, yeah, yeah, you know, that, I mean, that happened with David, it happened with the monkeys, too. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the monkeys came first, and they, they liked me because I was roughly their age, and I had long hair and loved beats, you know, I was a hippie. Up until then, they had these, these old, older guys, you know, who were professional AP photographers, you know? Right. And, and they, you know, they were like, you know, lifetime photographers where... I mean, I wasn't. It was more of a hobby for me. I was more of a musician, you know, right. and had the same temperament as the monkeys. And then David as well. I was around his age, and we had a lot of stuff to talk about, you know. 
music and, and girls and, <laughs> and music and girls. <laughs> and a few more girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, but we we both had a lot of stories to tell and a lot of laughs, and we, we really had a good time. Whereas, you know, so, like I said, I wasn't really a professional photographer because, you know, then I would have been boring, I think. <laughs> now this... I got a question about your photography, Henry. Back in those yeah. days, uh-huh. like these days, there's iPhones everywhere, and there's generations of kids who don't know what a real camera right. actually was or did. Um when you were in photography and you would take these pictures, and this may be a stupid question, so if it is, I'm sorry. Uh, you would take the photos, and would you just, like, hand over the rolls to them and never see the pictures or give the, develop the film yourself and then give it to them? Or how did yeah, that work? Well, yeah, was di- you're right about that. Sometimes when I worked for, like, Tiger Beat magazine, yeah, they would say, well, just shoot, you know, ten rolls of film and give them to us. We'll develop them. And that did happen. I, I didn't like that because I wanted to see what I shot. But then, you know, with David, once we were on the world tour, um, and I, I, I was shooting for magazines, but we get the film developed in all the countries we were in so we could see what we had. Mm. I, I liked that better. I, I didn't like to turn in the undeveloped roles. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, nowadays... Well, we didn't have digital then, but of course, digital, you can see what you're shooting all the time. You can look at the pictures immediately. But of course, when you shot film, you'd have to wait a few days to even look at what you shot. Right. Um, yeah, so exactly. It's a new world now. Yeah. What was, what was your main camera back in those days? When I was 17, I was in the guitar for about a year. I kind of got out of it uh-huh. because of guitars and girls. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, Pentaxes were my first one when I was on the monkey set. Pentaxes. And you always had to ah. have two, because one for black and white and one for color, because they wanted both. Hmm. You know, with digital, you can make it black and white or color. You just need one camera. But I had to mm-hmm. have two. Um, and then then somebody stole all my cameras out of the back seat of my Volkswagen one day in Hollywood when I went into hmm. a dry cleaner. Oh. And um, I borrowed a friend's Nikon. A friend said, here, you can borrow my Nikon. And then I got into that. And I like Nikon better. So for about 35 years, I shot Nikon cameras. Um, and then, you know, I thought I would never go digital. You know, I'm a film guy. I'm never going to mm. go digital. <laughs> but one day I picked up a friend's Canon in, in 2005. And I said, holy cow, this focuses itself. It sets its own light reading. Yeah. My God, this is magic, you know. And so <laughs> then I got into digital, and I switched to Canon. So I went from Pentax to Nikon to Canon. What do you use now? Uh, I use Canon. So I use Canon now. Canon. Right. I used to shoot. I used to shoot slide film a lot, and I have thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of slides. I like those little tiny wow. slides. You could have a slideshow. You could hold it up and look at it. Right. I mean, it's different in, in digital. I mean, you can see it on the computer, but you can't hold it, you know. I mean, it's handy in so many ways, of course, because you can send them, you know, immediately. You can send photos anywhere to anybody when they're, when they're digital. You don't have to wait to get it developed and all that. So there's, you know, it's a handy way to, to do it. But I, but I, I kind of miss the old slides and negatives, which... Go which I still have, like I say, hundreds of thousands of them. Well, and now you have to scan those to digitize them so you can, you know, yeah. send them to people. Yeah, It's kind of time-consuming. 
in the whole office to do that. Maybe Johnny Miller can do it for you. <laughs> oh, boy. My head's <laughs> over here. He needs, he needs something else to do, don't you, Johnny? Oh, yeah, put it on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I have a couple people who do that for me, and I have a, a millennial that helps with some of that. You, you know, you need a millennial. I need a millennial to do Hey, pa- Paige, that's you. That Paige, we're thinking about you, Paige. <laughs> that's Paige, all right. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. We- <laughs> she's she's got to help me, you know, show me how to use my iPhone and stuff. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question for Henry and Brian. Uh, when you did the uh, location episodes, you probably saw and interacted more with each other during them, like on the ship. Yeah. Oh, the ship was great. The ship. We we took we took out like a I think a five day cruise down to Mexico and filmed the whole episode on the ship. That was great because all of our meals in the dining room. I mean, I sat at a table with David and Susan Day, and we just had the most fun. Wow. And we'd be out by the swimming pool. I mean, all day long, all night long. It was like a party. And then there was one time we went to the a Five Flags or Seven Flags Park and. Where was that? Kings Island. Oh, Kings Island. Ohio. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Kings, yeah, yeah. Kings we Island. went there. That was a lot of fun, too, because, once again, it was outdoors all the time, so you could take a lot of pictures. And, uh, yeah, I loved that. that those, those were great times. Wow. So, so we talked about the monkeys in the Partridge family. What were the doors like to work with? <laughs> this has got to be interesting. We got uh, Jim Morrison in particular. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, that was different, you know, I mean, like, you know, David and the monkeys were like, you know, really active and fun-loving guys and all. And Jim Morrison was, he, he didn't really talk very much, you know, he was like a poet. He was mm-hmm. always just observing things and, you know, a little smile and a nod. I mean, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't really talk that much. Um, and, of course, I didn't go all over the world with him. I didn't go, I didn't yeah. ever go on the road with Doris. I went on the road with the Eagles and with Crosby, Stills, Nash. And some of the other groups, you know, um, you have, sort of have more fun when you're on the road because yeah. you're traveling around. And um, but the, the, the doors, that was an entirely different thing. That was more, you know, more uh, kind of more down to. Well, you know, we'd go somewhere and have a little adventure, and then I'd photograph everything that would happen, and then that, then we'd pick an album cover out of that. But there wasn't quite as much, uh, you know, interactive uh, yeah. fun and games. <laughs> but now with the Eagles, like you though, shot the Hollywood Bowl shows, right? It looks like what I saw. Yeah, I did. I mean, I yeah, I shot the Hollywood Bowl. Right. I think I didn't see any other photographers there. They tell me there was another guy. I don't know where he was, but I didn't see any photographer there except for me. Can you imagine if Jim Morrison played the Hollywood Bowl today? Oh wow! <laughs> Five hundred photographers, you know, try to fight Man. their way to the front. Henry, My isn't goodness. it? Isn't it true, Henry, that you were the only photographer who shot Woodstock in the two weeks leading into Woodstock? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I got hired by the producer to document the whole thing, building the stage and setting up the campgrounds and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of photographers on the three days of the festival. But but I was there for a couple of weeks before, you know, that taking photos of all the hippie carpenters and, you know, all the <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So, Brian. That was fun. That's insane. 
Brian, why wasn't the Partridge family at Woodstock? Well, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. They weren't around well, yet. Was that was 69. There a thing called timing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. 69. I know there's... Hollywood can really create stuff, but to do it before you're actually born, I don't know. That's kind of hard. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. But, man, I'm looking at some of your photos, Henry, and, I mean, Jimi Hendrix has always been one of my idols. And here you are just mm-hmm. hanging out, you know, taking those pictures. And, I, you know, again, I reflect yeah. on how you were one of us on the Partridge family. I guess it would have been the same thing. You're just hanging out, just one yeah. of them. Yeah, yep, it was. I mean, it was. You know, um, musicians know how to hang out. You know, musicians are cool. You know, and they know how to hang out, you know. And, and so it, it was really easy to talk to him. And I hung out with him a few times. And we just have a, this, this, a certain temperament, you know, that musicians have. Different than fans, you know, say, oh, man, you know, I love your music so much. I mean, musicians don't say that, you know. <laughs> they, 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 they just, you know, I would say it's all artists. Whether you're an actor or a musician, you're, you're of the same mindset. And you really yeah. you get it. You understand what it's like behind the scenes, literally. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Johnny Ray Miller tells me uh, that you guys are collaborating on a great picture book, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, we are. We're going to do a great big uh, coffee table photo book uh, full of David Cassidy pictures. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's going to be fun because I've got, you know, thousands. Thousands. So we're going to we're thousands. I don't think we can fit thousands in the book, but we can fit <laughs> hundreds in the book. We're right, do right. That for sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, and when he coffee table. Yeah, really. When he says thousands, I can't emphasize just how many he means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, but we'll pick the best ones. We'll pick the, you know the most interesting, and colorful, and fun ones and and try to talk a little bit about what happened, but it'll be mostly a picture book. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Do you have a? Uh, when is that going to come out? Yeah. Any idea? Uh, uh, in the well, future. I'll in the future. Next, <laughs> okay. next year, sometime. I would yeah, think. yeah. We've been sorting. Yeah. We've been spending a lot of time yeah. sorting through them and talking about them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just wanting to make sure that we try to uncover everything and pick the best photos it's been a blast so far it's just been a real yeah. blast to do this yeah it is fun it sure is johnny <laughs> I imagine. If you, hey Henry, i want to ask you about a couple of photos if you don't mind that, okay uh, of course there's yeah. about a billion on here the first one will bring us back around to our uh island time theme here i found one photo on there of you and jimmy buffett i didn't never did you ever any memories of you doing jimmy buffett there's one picture on here. Yeah. From 1985. Oh, sure. and well, I'm not sure which picture. I mean, uh, yeah, Jimmy Buffett. I mean, he was kind of a friend of the Eagles and Dan Fogelberg. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I met him a bunch of times. And, and then I, one time I went down to Florida and, and stayed, at, stayed at his place for a couple of days. And it was Halloween. And he was the, he was the mayor, like the head of they had a Halloween parade, and he was like the grand marshal of the <laughs> Halloween parade, you know, rode in a car, convertible up in the front. and okay. uh, So, yeah, and then we went out. Another time I went there with some contest winners from a radio station, and Jimmy uh, Buffett took them out on his boat, his sailboat, and we sailed around and drank beer and 
stopped at a little island to have lunch, and that was a lot of fun, too. He's wow. a very cool guy. Yes, as we know. Yeah, that had to be a blast. I have to know what it was like to shoot Dan Fogelberg. He has two photos in here that are just beautiful of him. And uh, I was wondering, how much much did you shoot Dan? I was an enormous Dan Fogelberg fan. Big influence on my music. Me too. Me too. You know, incidentally, I'm a big fan of all these people I shot. I mean, the Eagles, Jackson Brown, and Jimmy Webb, the songwriter. I mean, I'm, I just love their music, uh, all of them, really. James Taylor, I mean, Paul McCartney, wow. I mean, <laughs> the music Amazing. of our lives, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like a ho-hum thing to me, you know. It was it was really great. Right. Um, Dan Fogelberg was a particular friend of mine. No, he, at one point he lived across the street from me in Laurel Canyon. Um, huh. and, and, and I did a couple of album covers of his. Uh, souvenirs, souvenirs was one where he's holding the eagle feather, mm-hmm. and then there was the greatest yeah. hits one. But then, um, you know, when he was real established and touring around, every year he would have me fly down to his ranch in Colorado and spend two or three days at the ranch photographing because he needed new publicity pictures each year for his tour. So I went there quite a number of times, you know, and we'd go wow. horseback riding and you know, just just have a great having a great time. He was a he was a Renaissance man. You know, he was a gourmet cook and a classical pianist and a painter and a photographer. He um, was he was an amazing guy. So we 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 had a lot to a lot in common, a lot to talk about. Yeah, I love that guy. Wow, that's cool, cool man. Mm. Fascinating. So many pictures. Yeah. So many. I'm looking forward to this yeah. this book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and the books, Henry. You have, a, you have a couple of books for sale, don't you? The the unplugged, the unpainted faces. Are those still for sale? And yeah, available? unpainted face. Well, we've had that for sale for a while. We kind of ran out of it. We're going to be reprinting that soon, probably. I mean, before the end of the year. And then I'm going to uh-huh. do a sequel called called Painted Faces. Unpainted faces was from a Japanese word. The Japanese wanted to do a book of my black and white photos, and they said. They said um, the natural. They call, you know the, another word for natural was untainted, and so they wanted to hmm. stress the fact that these were un, that these were very natural pictures. So they called it, you know, untainted faces was the literal translation, and they were all black and white. So now I figure I'll do a color book, a, a companion book, the same size, and that'll be called painted faces. So we're working on that. Well, they're not available right now, but by the end of the year, they will. Cool. They'll be out. Yeah. Look out um, for that. Okay, yeah. Anybody got any well, more um, questions here? Brian Forster? Or? Yeah. A couple more questions, and i, I got to go uh, pick up some Chinese dinner here. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Before they close. But, um, it, yeah, that, you know, I mean, if anyone's interested and they want to look uh, look up my photos and a whole lot of other great music photos, you just go to um, morrisonhotelgallery.com and you can see photos of, you know, over a hundred music photographers and, and fantastic. Uh, you know, whoever yeah. your favorite artist is, yeah. Fantastic. Brian Forster, you got anything else? No, I'm just hey, in Johnny. awe. I don't know, I don't know what else to say. It's, uh, yeah. Johnny Ramillan? Yeah. And Jeff... Jeff, I want to see one of your shows. You never get out to the West Coast, do you? Oh, actually, I do often, a lot, every year. Where do you Where do you live, Brian? 
San Francisco Bay Area. San Francisco Bay Area. We get out to California with the Abomania show, uh, usually during like March every year. They do Hollywood and up and down there with San Diego. We never have played San Francisco. But, but I'll tell you what, when I get out there, I would love to uh, contact you and give you a couple of free tickets. Mm-hmm. You'll love our show. And, um, you know, so we chartered a sailboat in the BVIs, and I, you know, I basically listened to Jimmy Buffett the whole time. And uh, I'm a big Buffett fan, so I'd love to see your show. Okay. Well, then you know what? I'd love for you to see A1A. Sometimes. You got a great drummer. Yeah. You love our drummer. Sometimes yes. Jeff is Benny from ABBA. Sometimes he's Jimmy Buffett. You just never <laughs> well, know. I don't know who the hell I am most of the time. Sometimes he's Jeff Pike. <laughs> hey, Henry. Th- well, okay. Henry, thanks a million for hanging yeah. out with us tonight. Yes. Yeah. It's fun talking to all you guys. And, uh, yeah, hope, you know, hope I get to see you all one of these days and, yeah. and watch for that David Cassidy book. Yeah, yeah. We can't yeah. wait to get that out there. Appreciate the time, Henry. And uh, everybody check okay. out his website and have a great dinner. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, you Everybody guys. Take care. See, bye, Henry. Bye. Okay, bye. Take care, bye, Brian. Bye. All right. Bye. Fins up. Boy, that was fun. That was fun. Johnny Ray Miller yeah. in the house. Wow, what a good time, huh? Henry Diltz. Flashback to the past, big time. If you don't know his name, check him out online. I every time I look into his background, his co- photos are just. He knows how to capture an image. Oh man, and the essence of people just capture their soul. He really knows how to do it. There was a couple of little tidbits I wanted to get to in the interview. We never we even mentioned them, but the, when he started out, he was a musician, like he said, and he was with a group called the Modern Folk Quartet. That's right. And that's what kind of got him into the whole music world, but then he became interested in the photography and the rest is history. Yeah. And another kind of a strange thing that happened, he was, uh, this might be for another show, I guess, uh, he was with Jimmy Webb in 1971, and they almost died together in a fatal crash uh glider crash wow, but they both that, survived wow and both obviously have had amazing careers i've seen jimmy webb in concert he's a no kidding fantastic show oh, yeah, wow, yeah. yeah great writer great songwriter all right henry deltz brian forster jeff pike what a what a fun show yeah and, uh, man this has been terrific little david cassidy a little partridge family and a whole lot of extras and a whole lot of fun john <laughs> yeah a whole yeah. lot of fun all right, we got time. We got a whole nother hour to go, and I want to do this David tune right now. This is uh, from the Home is where the heart is album. This was 1976, I believe. Yep, that's right. Bruce Johnston of the Beach Boys produced the album. That might be why I kind of like this album because it has a little bit of that Beach Boys sound, and he does a, a cover, I think, on that album, "Darling." Yeah, cover. that's right. But the one I'm going to do is tomorrow. This is David Cassidy on our very special show tonight on Island Time. Just hope the weatherman Pays it cool and doesn't spoil our man 
1976, not a lot of folks... They're still talking. <laughs> not a lot of folks have heard that. Uh, it was produced, like I said, Bruce Johnson, the Beach Boys. That is David Cassidy. The album is called Home is Where the Heart Is, and we heard tomorrow. We're going to hear a couple more classics and some trap rock and yacht rock. It's all tonight on Island Time. we got Johnny Ray Miller in the house. How fun was Henry Diltz? Oh, man, he's the greatest guy. I love that interview. He's the greatest guy. His whole, his whole aura and his whole being just translates yeah. into, you know, positive energy everywhere he goes no matter who he talks to he just has such a positive impact on people how many people i nobody in my entire life if i talked to somebody who was at woodstock uh, shot the partridge family stuff doors iconic album covers isn't it insane i mean he was at, in, in so many pinnacle points of uh, the history of rock and roll it's just yeah. amazing to me fantastic thank you for helping us get that interview Bob. oh man what a blast no thank you for uh for the ideas and the inspiration for it all. That was awesome. We got a couple of reminders, and then we're going to do a whole other hour of music tonight. We're going to end with music, partridge fun, and we're going to get <laughs> happy together. I love that. Hey, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, Susan Cox sent us a note about a very special event that's going to be happening at Saratoga Springs, New York. And uh, this is the David Cassidy Memorial Legacy Group putting on a special celebration of the life of David at Putnam Place that's P U T N A M in Saratoga Springs, New York. It'll be on Monday, August 16th. The event will kick off at three o'clock with a mix and mingle, followed by our celebration of life event from four until eight p.m. The celebration of light of life event will feature the David Cassidy Remember Me Awards ceremony, which will give out awards in various categories and honor those who exemplify the heart of David. We will also honor 70s Long Island, New York-based band Danny Calvania and 45 RPM. Danny sadly lost his life to COVID, and DCMLG will offer a special tribute to Danny, who warmed our hearts with the music that his band 45 RPM had performed in the past. There will also be a silent auction to raise money for various charities, that David Cassidy held dear to his heart, including the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, Friends of Saratoga County Animal Shelter, and Columbia Green Humane Society. The event will continue into the evening with a live performance by Joe's Boys, performing a variety of David Cassidy's solo work, music from the Partridge Family, and good time rock and pop songs from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. David Cassidy was more than extremely talented vocalist, composer, author, producer, director, actor, and amazing Broadway theater entertainer. Also a philanthropist who gave generously and oftentimes anonymously to various charities. He was an avid horseman who owned, bred, and raced thoroughbreds. He owned and loved various animals. For this reason, the David Cassidy Memorial Legacy Group is committed to furthering his legacy with charity events such as this one. Please feel free to reach out to the David Cassidy Memorial Legacy Group at David Cassidy It's Forever, with the number four there, David Cassidy It's Forever, at gmail.com. Check out this event. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'd love to get out there if I can. It's uh, Monday, August 16th at the Putnam Place Theater in Saratoga Springs, New York. A celebration of David Cassidy. Let's do some Doobie Brothers. This one, this one might not make your typical Yacht Rock list, but I love this one. And it's from the Minute by Minute album. 
and it's dependent on you, and I don't think Michael McDonald even sings that. Hey, but honest. you love it. I love it. That's all we need. Let's do it. <laughs>
Bart and Drum Corps, representing the United States military from today back to the Revolutionary War. The Declaration of Independence was signed in the face of treason. They stood firm in their resolve. They won our Right, Fourth of July weekend coming up this weekend, Johnny, and uh, we couldn't uh, go without playing that one. Gene Mitchell with a brand new song called "The Fourth of July." Oh, I love that. I love the holidays. I love the Fourth of July. We have a big party every year, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Jim Morris, our weekly Jim Morris track. We'll send that out to Michael Ernst in Melbourne, Florida. That is the Floating Opera. And the Doobie Brothers with "Depending on You." You know, we didn't get to. Uh, we've been so busy with these interviews, we didn't get to. Min, uh, intermingle with the Partridge fan because when you're on the show, I get this whole new crowd. Oh yeah, oh, that isn't great. with me the rest of the year usually. <laughs> oh, and that's I love great. it because yeah. they're just they're they're fun and they're they're interesting and they're joining our, our party chat. So I'll, I'll have to go look and see what everybody said uh, later on. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Partridge family fans and the fan base are really devout. They're, as you know, we're, yes. you and I are both like that, but they are very devout, very um, uh, dedicated. Um, they know the show. They know the music inside yes. and out. And I, I just I feel so grateful to be part of that whole world 
One of the funniest things about being a fanatic, and I drive my wife crazy with this one, is no matter what an actor has done in their career, they could be the biggest thing, you know, with all kinds of movies and so forth. But if they were in one Partridge Family episode, and I'll see him, and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, he was in this movie, okay. But he was <laughs> yeah. the guy in the elevator yeah. in the skunk episode. Yes. <laughs> you know, I do the same thing. And, you know, I think it's the power of television uh, when it's good, when it connected with yeah. you, uh, it influences you. It influences you, you know, your whole life. And I think the actors that are part of television have a more powerful influence on us than the actors who are strictly film. Absolutely. All right, John, we only got 20 minutes left, so you know what we're doing. We're going all Partridge David here for yeah, the rest. Yeah, baby. With one exception, I have a brand new album. I thought you might find this interesting. It's called The Songs of Andy Gibb. It's called uh, Higher Than a Mountain with all these power pop artists doing Andy Gibb songs. Oh, Do you love yeah. Andy Gibb's music? I love Andy Gibb, yeah. 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 I mean, they were great songs. They, they were. Really, I mean, the yeah. brothers helped them out a lot, obviously. But yeah. uh, what we're going to play from that is a group called the Corner Laughers. I love that name. <laughs> and their take on shadow dancing. Oh, very cool. And so let's do it. Let's go crazy. This is uh, I Woke Up in Love This Morning. Partridge Family. Yeah. On Island Time. Home stretch of the show. Last night I lay down and thought about you I thought about the way that it could be Two o'clock Wondering what I'm doing here alone without you So I close my eyes and dream you're here to me
I don't know what I'm up against. I don't know what it's all about. I got so much to think about. Make you happy, and if you say hey. Go-
All right, we're getting uh, running out of time is what I'm trying to say. Those are the Corner Laughers from the Songs of Andy Gibb album that just came out not too long ago. It's called Higher Than a Mountain. It's a really cool album, uh, Power Pop Acts doing Andy Gibb songs. Shadow Dancing, of course, a huge hit from 1978. I Think I Love You was before that. We had I Woke Up in Love This Morning, Cherish. And let's do, uh, this is one of my favorites. Or actually, we're going to do Johnny's favorite, and then I'll wrap it up with one of mine. This is Sunshine. <laughs> this is Johnny's favorite Partridge Family song, right here. Yeah, second, maybe. Second favorite. The Christmas, the Christmas song is my favorite. I've got the sunshine in my hands. You've got the sunshine in your hands. We've got the sunshine in our hands. Now let it shine all over this land. You've got to love, love, one another. Oh, shine, shine on your brother. And the whole world will discover in the arms of every woman and man. You've got the sun shine in our hands. I've got the sun shine in my
love it. I'm back in Kings Island, 1972. Oh, yeah, that song. They played that on the episode. And Keith's about to get on the uh, roller coaster. You know, that was one of only two or three songs that was produced by Shorty Rogers for the pilot before Wes Farrell took over. Yes. So it has a distinctively different sound than, you know, yes. all of the Partridge family. But I love the, his sound, too. Yeah, I did, too. That's what's so magical. It's like, yeah. wow, it didn't matter. They changed producers, and it was still great. Wes Farrell, Shorty Rogers, they were both great. Yeah. And, the chemistry, uh, unbelievable, and the timing and all of it just fit together like the perfect jigsaw puzzle. All right, we had Together, Having a Ball, Partridge Family, Shadow Dancing, The Corner Laughers. We had I Think I Love You, uh, Partridge Family, and Sunshine from Partridge Family for Johnny Ray, and... I woke up in love this morning and cherished. That's going to do it for the show. As always, a pleasure to have you here, Johnny. It was oh, a lot of fun. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks for having me. It's, it's just a blast. And the interviews were awesome. Awesome. Henry Diltz and Brian Forster, I, Jeff Pike. Gosh, thanks, you guys. Peace to you guys out there. I didn't think we could uh, do better than last year, but I think we did. Oh, it was, it was amazing. Great stories. Yeah, it was amazing. So, Finn's up to you, and thanks so much for being here, and good luck. He's been telling me about all the projects he's got in the fire. Unbelievable. Yeah, Lots well, of stuff. So, good luck with everything, man. Thanks, Henry. I've, right. I've watched you grow here for the last... Uh, yeah, isn't it crazy? Six years, yeah. Yeah. Finn's up, everybody. We, all right, once again, and I want to thank uh, everybody. We, like I said, we haven't had much of a chance to interact on the Facebook, but I, I will go back and read the comments. But thank you for all these new... Uh, fans that come to our show every year because of your appearance and i oh, appreciate thanks. it and thank you guys for listening this was a lot of fun yeah thank you partridge family family out